Well, hi there, guys. Thank you for listening to ABC's podcast today. Our prayer as you listen to this podcast is that it would truly be a blessing. Perhaps it may lead you to Christ for the very first time. Or if you know Christ, it'll definitely lead to a deeper commitment to Christ. But in the same breath, what we don't want is for these podcasts to be a replacement for your church. It just can't be. We believe that the gathering of believers, the local church, matters. It matters to you personally, your family, and the community the church is attached to. God's designed us for community with each other. So yes, we pray this podcast is a blessing, an encouragement, a challenge perhaps, definitely an installment moving you closer to Jesus, and we're excited that you're going to listen. But also know that we, it's not a replacement for church. And may God honor your faith as you listen, as you hear Him, and as you obey. Blessings, everyone. Uh, good morning, everybody. If you're joining us for the first time, we are doing a mini-series through the Psalm 23. And we're not taking a highway through the Psalm 23. We've taken the dirt road. We've gone off the common road. Uh, we're not even in a car. We're walking through it. So we're smelling everything, looking at everything twice, looking left, looking right, looking under us. Um, so it's a slow journey. And we trust that it's going to be refreshing, not just to the mind, but to the heart and to the soul. Literally, I mean the soul today. Um, you'll see where I'm going with that in a moment. But I trust that it does all that by the power of the Holy Spirit and in faith. Father, we pray, we ask God that you would take your word and minister to us afresh. Your word promises that it restores the soul. And we pray as people hear, as they think intentionally, and apply the word to their hearts, that it would do just that and nothing less. Holy Spirit, we need your help. It is just a text in a book without your Holy Spirit taking it and bringing fruit in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Now we've been talking about Psalm 23, and it's not a psalm that David wrote on his deathbed, you know. It's a psalm that he wrote um, describing the ample care that his good shepherd has given him. That's what it's describing. This is the care I get from God every day. And so this isn't a psalm that we, like a retirement annuity, that we only cash in when we retire, or a psalm that we use at our funeral on our death day. This is a psalm we are to chew on every day and receive its care, receive, receive its restoration. Um, and David, at the moment, as we saw last week, has made some astonishing statements. In verse 1, he makes the statement, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Right? Then his second astonishing statement is the end of verse 4, I will fear no evil, even though evil is staring him in the face. Then he makes a third, and I, at the end of verse 6, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, I, I can't get enough. I'm going back for more, I'm going back for more, I'm going back for more. That's my first priority. This is my super thing. There's nothing beats this. I'm going back to God's presence. And uh, we're still unpacking number one, that, well, God's abounding provision as his shepherd, based on one, verse 1, part B. And he said, just to recap from last week, that the Lord 
is his shepherd. Who is this Lord? Who is this Lord? This is the one who needs no shepherd. This is the one who always was, is, and forever will be. This is the one who knows all, is all-powerful, and is ever-present. That one is his shepherd. And he is a good shepherd because it's nothing in the sheep that makes him shepherd them. There's nothing in the sheep that makes him shepherd them. There's no goodness in them. I mean, all that sheep are is, is nothing. But because God is good, because he is a good shepherd, he shepherds sheep. And David is saying, he is my shepherd. He, that one, Yahweh, is my shepherd. When the true believer contemplates who Jesus is and what it's like to live under the reign of grace, and the believer concludes that there is no deficit because God's provision is abounding and now he gives some proofs of of why and how that provision is abounding and the first proof is in verse 2 he says there he makes me lie down in green pastures Yahweh is the one who makes the believer lie down in them God determines when it's time to lie down and eat and lying down it means chest to floor all right it's not sitting it's not squatting or hands to knees. It's not standing. It's chest to ground. And in other words, it, the most vulnerable position a sheep could take. I mean, why would a sheep do that? A sheep will only do that when it feels most secure. And David is saying, God's care makes me so secure that I lie chest to floor. Because I know he's near, I know he's watching over me, and I know he directs me. He pushes me to eat and to rest in the green pasture. So that's so David says, that's how I know I'm lacking nothing. Because my chest is to the ground, my mouth is in the grass in his presence. He is near and God is watching. What deficit do I have? What deficit? There is no deficit. Now, when it comes to pastures... Pastures have a, a, a bit of a, a stigma attached to them because God would often describe in his presence with God's people that if God's presence is bringing judgment, he's going to burn the pastures. You know, or the cattle, there would be drought and the cattle would starve or the river would run dry. The pastures would not be green in the presence of God, in that pasture in the presence of God. And conversely, if God's presence uh, was graceful, then the pasture would be green, the water would come forth, the cows would eat, right? The vineyards would be full, the vats will flow. You know, you get that characterization of a pasture. So to lie down in green pastures, it's not just to, to snack and nap. It's so much more. This is salvation favor, salvation's blessing, the love of Yahweh, the good shepherd, no judgment of God for David to fear. He's, in the, he's on the floor under his shepherd. David is experiencing God's favor and lacking nothing. In other words, ample. So no Christian, you take this to heart this morning. Okay, How much more do we have in Christ what do you exactly have in Christ? You are safe from God's wrath, His judgment. Are we not chest to floor in the salvation care of God? This is what Jesus has secured for us in His death, burial, 
and resurrection. I mean, are you rolling in this? We ought to be rolling in this. He's made me lie down. We didn't do it. Sheep don't make sheep lie down. The sheep doesn't make itself lie down. God didn't do this. God did it. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You have everything you need. Hallelujah. Amen. Then he says, he leads me besides quiet waters. How could we characterize God's leading? The Bible describes it in a few ways. In Exodus 15, this is God. how Moses described God's leading of the people of Israel. Okay, so corporately. This is how Moses described God's leading. In Exodus 15 verse 13, In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. Did you get that? What would characterize, what's the aroma, what's the essence and the nature of God's leading? It is done in unfailing love. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. That's how God leads. That's how God leads. Isaiah 40 verse 11 is another description of God's leading. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Did you hear that? That's how God leads. That's how God leads corporately. That's how God leads individually. And isn't it amazing that we serve a Savior that loves many children, but has the ability to love you as if you were his only child. And David is expressing that he leads me. He leads me besides waters that are quiet. He is ample for me. Ample for you. What am I lacking? Nothing. Jesus, likewise, is our good shepherd, the one who knows best. Amen. 11, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are heavy laden and weary. And what? And, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. I will give you rest. What are you searching for for rest? Church is not going to give you rest. <laughs> Church is going to wear you out. <laughs> but Jesus gives rest. It's pleasant to live under the Lordship of Jesus. He is the resting place. He comforts the weary soul. The sin-burdened soul comes to him and never thirsts again, as he told the woman at the well in John 4. You drink of me and you will never thirst again. This ample. David continues with this proof in verse 3. He refreshes and restores my soul. In other words, you could put there, he refreshes, he restores, he converts, he renews, what? My soul. Yahweh does this the moment by moment from your regeneration up until now. This is what Yahweh has been doing in your soul, right? That thing that's going to leave the body and, and live for eternity, that thing, that soul, that thing has been restored, converted, renewed, refreshed. That's how capable, that's how intimate, that's how thorough, sufficient God's care is for us who believe in Christ. David says, I have ample because my soul has been touched. It's one thing to know the psalm, friends. 
It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to experience this psalm. And to experience this psalm, you need this. You need this shepherd, this Christ, to touch your soul. And how does he touch it? Primarily through the ministry of the Holy Spirit and primarily through the the incorruptible seed that is the Word of God that brings salvation. With the Holy Spirit and Word of God, it smites the heart of stone, makes it a heart of flesh, and that heart is now moved and restored. It's renewed. It's converted. It's converted. And if you're in the pasture of God without a converted, renewed, restored heart, what are you? You are a wolf. And what is a shepherd to a wolf? Those are not good things. If you're in God's pasture without a conversion, you might know the psalm, but that's not sufficient. If you remain outside the shepherd's care, if you remain outside Christ, you remain outside a heart that's been touched with the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God, you remain an object of God's wrath without God's comfort and in much need. So this all begins right here. This all begins right here with God converting you that's where the comfort comes that's where it comes from and that's where it leads to that wolf must die and rise up a sheep with jesus christ as shepherd and this is the most profound the deepest change that will ever take place in your life maybe second to your bodily resurrection this is the way a relationship with jesus begins New creation, a new creature, as the New Testament says. So David says, he restores my soul. No kidding. No kidding. He, you, I must be fundamentally converted, changed and restored. And you do that by turning to Christ. You trust him for that restoration. He does it. Again, David's not saying sheep convert sheep. God does that converting. And he does this change on a daily basis. Basis. How does he restore our soul on a daily basis? Well, Psalm 119 verse 107 tells us how he does it. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. According to your words. Verse 149. Hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your laws. Verse 154, defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. According to your promise. And then verse 156 of the song. Your compassion, Lord, is great. Preserve my life according to your laws. That's how God touches your soul through the word of God. And he refreshes the soul through the word of God. So friends, if you're having your worst day, if the biopsy came back positive if the chemo treatment is failing you if your old age is catching up to you if the client didn't sign if there's a problem with the family if whatever the crisis friends your soul is touched your soul is converted your soul is refreshed you are liberated to praise you have an open door to god's sufficient care amen you lack nothing You lack nothing. Your body may be starving. It may be wasting away with cancer. It may be even on a stake being burnt alive. But your soul, your soul can praise God. Your soul can say, I lack nothing. And even on a good day, 
when health is good, when peace is good, when family is good, when money is good, you declare what? I have much more. This is just a taste. I have so much more. My soul has been restored, converted, and saved. It is well with my soul. You know that song. Another proof that David gives, he guides me along the right paths. Or your translation will say, the path of righteousness. Again, David is only expressing what he knew Yahweh to be like towards Israel. And what does God do? He guides his people on paths on righteousness. This isn't a unique path to David. This is a path that's been established since the Garden of Eden. Right? Any person being led by this good shepherd, being led of God, by God, through God, is going to be led on a hard-worn path of, what does David say? Righteousness. It is a well-worn path. And everyone in God walks that path. Walks that path. There was a 4x4 club that wanted to mimic the Tracker journey here in South Africa. So they started in Fort Beaufort in the Eastern Cape and with their 4x4 caravan went through the Frey State up to KZN ending in Peter Maritzburg and it was said that when the paths particularly got up the hills that the tracks left by the wagons in 1830 could still be seen. Isn't that amazing? 200 years later they're seeing the tracks. Friends, that's the same with God. The tracks are well worn, my friends. And if you're being cared for by the shepherd, guess where you're walking? You're walking a well worn path of righteousness. And if you're not walking the path of righteousness, guess what? You're not being led by that good shepherd. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Yahweh does not have another kind of path, He has just this one, and it's a path of righteousness. Many have walked it, and you will walk it as David walked it. God won't, Jesus won't guide you down any other path than right living and good works. So ask yourself this morning as you read this psalm, is your path concerned with righteous living? With righteous living, as God defines it. Ephesians 2 verse 10, we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. What for? For good works which God prepared beforehand so that you would walk in them. Ephesians 4 verse 1. I, a prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Ephesians 4 verse 17. You no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Colossians 1 verse 10. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. I put those references in the notes. You can check them up. So notice that the aim of guiding us on the paths of righteousness, what's the aim? The aim is to give God glory because he says at the end of verse 3, for his name's sake. For his. So God has attached his glory to your living. And your, glory, your living will either amplify his glory or it will diminish his glory. Friends, what does the word find you at? What does the word find you at? Your life is very much tied to the honor of God and honoring Him. To not be on this path while claiming His care ruins His glory, breaks His name, ruins His reputation. So in other words, David is saying, I know, I've always known, and I will never not know how to live. I've always known, I now know, and will never, never not know 
what it is to please the Lord, honor the Lord, give God glory. Friends, you and I have everything. We have ample to keep us on this path of righteousness. We have ample to give God great glory Monday to Saturday. Amen. He knew because the good shepherd always guided him on the well-worn path of righteousness. There is no deficit. No, I lack nothing. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So to review, he makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me to to quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me on a path of righteousness for his name's sake. Therefore, I lack nothing. Friends, let's have the word of God minister to us and our needs. Are you in pain this morning? 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3, he comforts us in our pain. Are you confused? Philippians 4 verse 7, peace of God will guide your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Are you broken? Psalm 147 verse 3. He binds up the brokenhearted and their wounds. Are you stressed? 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Give your worries and cares to God. He cares for you. Are you weak? Isaiah 40 verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases. Are you hungry? Philippians 4 verse 9. God will supply all according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Are you tired? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me all who are weary. And heavy laden. Are you lonely? 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18. I will be a father to you. Friends, do you know the psalm? Maybe you know the psalm. But are you experiencing the psalm? Are you? It's no kidding that Paul said to Timothy. That true godliness. True godliness with contentment is great gain. Great gain. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for this fresh perspective of the ample care you have provided through us, through Jesus Christ. Thank you, God Almighty. Thank you. Our souls are indeed liberated to praise, to pray, and to continue to shine your light. Although there are variables we can't control, although there are circumstances we are having to navigate, although the conditions are peculiar, Father, we thank you that in you we have everything. We have everything. Father, we thank you for the day you made us lie down in green pastures. Help us to see our portion daily. That we may rise to the same and say, Lord, in you we lack nothing. Father, thank you for the guidance, the compassion, the care, the nurturing, the love, the patience, the forbearance you have brought us all through our days. And we'll continue until we see you. Lord, thank you. For the still waters, the rest. Thank you, God, for the path of righteousness. It's protection, it's company, and it's destiny. We lack nothing. And we pray, Lord God, corporately, as we embrace this, as we think upon this and dwell upon it, and that you would find us corporately having much to say to others about the care of this God, having much to say about the the touched soul, the directions for life, the rest and the restoring of the soul on a daily basis. Father, open our minds, open our eyes, open our ears. Take us to new horizons of grace with this psalm, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for listening to our ABC podcast today. If you'd like to know more about ABC, then please check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, or our website. We also have resources we'd like to share freely to everyone uh, through Right Now Media. We have a channel with them, and we'd love to share you that link. Just email us on totibaptists at gmail.com or WhatsApp us directly on 079-033-228 and we'll get you in touch with those links and resources. If you have a prayer request or an item of praise or a question, then also feel free to get in touch with us via those links. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you His peace.